0: On, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Uglies podcast. I'm your host, Pat. I feel like I don't say that enough. I, I always forget to introduce myself, and I feel like, you know, a lot of people probably don't even know my name. So I'm going to say it more often so you guys can get familiar with it. I hope you are all doing well. I'm, I'm doing all right. There was a member in my household that came down with COVID this past week. So I've been in isolation the past 10 days because I'm considered positive because I live in the same household as them. Luckily, though, thank God, college football is back this weekend because. Regardless, I was sitting on my couch four days in a row anyway. So that kind of made the whole entire isolation, you know, lockdown process a lot easier. So thank you thankful for college football being back. And if you listen to the entire episode last week, I gave some college football picks at the end of the podcast. And I don't want to brag or anything, but I hit every one of those games besides the Clemson, Georgia one. So might have a little sharp on our hands here, folks. Just saying, just putting that out there. You might want to stick around or at least fast forward to the any parts of the episodes. After each episode I'm gonna do like a little gambling segment at the end, just because it's a new thing. It's you know, it's in our world now. We have to accept it. I even saw yesterday that the NFL network has officially, for the first time ever, put the gambling lines over unders and whatnot on their little ticker at the bottom of their T V. So whether you like it or not, you gotta accept that it's here. So I'm embracing it, fully embracing it. And I would be giving you my picks. I'm not saying I'm good. I I might have just been completely luck, but all I'm, all I'm saying is did pretty well last week, and I know there's priority people saying, well, you, you picked mostly favorites, which is true but also false because I picked UCLA, which they definitely were not a favorite to upset LSU. Also, Penn State at Wisco. Now, the whole entire – there was literally a meme going around because everyone picked Wisconsin on TV. Plus, Votech at home and UNC. I mean, it's just – it's it's like free money. They're giving away money every single weekend. So, if you want to join along – Jump on the train with me. And also this week, I'll be doing the NFL games because there's a few that I really like. So if that's your thing, feel free to stick around to the end or just jump ahead to the ending to listen to that segment of the podcast. This episode, there's not too much crazy stuff going on. Uh, we got some big guy news, huge contract extensions for some tackles out there. A guard, a prominent guard out for the least week one because of covid TJ Watt is he gonna get signed? I feel like no one's talking about this. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Pittsburgh fan, but like arguably the second top top three, I'll say top three, best defensive player in the NFL, and he's just still unsigned and holding out. So we'll see, Like what's going on there? I want to talk about that. Um, then just recap some of the college games and some of the things that were happening. Uh, like Mackenzie Milton situation, Brian Kelly talking about executing his players. <laughs> and then just overall NFL news, Le'Veon Bell heading to Baltimore after just entire Ravens backfield just got injured out of nowhere. And of course, previewing tonight's game, the first NFL game of the season is finally here. Tampa Bay versus Dallas kicks off the season tonight. And it just feels like it's about time. You know, I feel like we've been just waiting for so long for football to return. It's finally back, and I couldn't be more excited. So I hope you guys are fired up as well. And with all of that being said, let's jump into the episode. <laughs> So I want to begin the big guy segment of the podcast talking about the Vikings right tackle, Brian O'Neill, Hail to Pitt. He's a pick guy. Another pick guy. We just produced guys left and right out of Pitt and but we just stank during the college. Don't even get me started on that. Brian O'Neill, right tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, monster extension, ninety-two and a half million dollars extension, five year, ninety-two and a half million dollars, which currently makes him the second highest paid right tackle in the NFL right behind Ryan Ramchak of the New Orleans Saints. that's huge money. Like This is a big deal. And honestly, I think it's warranted. He's been a really good player for the Vikings. I believe statistically he's only let up three sacks in over 1,000 snaps. So he's been playing awesome. He's an athletic guy. He's a young guy. He's only 25 years old. So this contract will bring him to the age of 30, which I think is an awesome age to be getting rid of guys. Or if you need to resign for a few more years, you can renegotiate and do that. Um, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter today talking about him being overpaid. And I, I honestly just think people don't, just don't know who he is. I mean, it's a classic case of the average person, the average fan, not really following linemen. You may follow your own team, but when you follow, see this, uh, this kind of deal for another team when it's not a quote-unquote household big name, you're going you're gonna to chirp him and, and say, let's overpay, he stinks, blah, blah, blah. But I think he's a hell of a player. I think the Vikings have a good one. Dalvin Cook, he's an awesome running back, one of the best, top five in the league. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but you got to have some good blockers in front of him to do what he's doing. And Brian O'Neal is one of those guys, so I think it's completely warranted. And now you got a right tackle, elite right tackle, nailed down for five years, which is – I mean, I wouldn't be complaining about that if I was a Vikings fan, that's for sure. In other big guy news, I'm going to classify this as big guy news, so if you if you're upset about it, just deal with it. I consider him a big guy. T.J. Watt. Now, T.J. Watt, I mean, to me, he's the second-best defensive player in the league behind Aaron Donald. His stats prove it. I mean, you you can argue all you want, but he's just been unbelievable from the time he came into the league for the Steelers. And he is currently without a contract uh, extension. And he's under contract, but he's woefully underpaid, obviously, for what his production is. And this new era of money and contracts – Guys are sitting out a lot more nowadays until they're guaranteed the money because all it takes is one injury. Maybe, like, it literally could be a career-ending injury. You never know. And then, bam, like, he doesn't get paid. His family doesn't get paid. The whole the whole the whole nine, you guys understand the deal. Um, and I think this has kind of been low-key quiet for, for much of the offseason and hasn't been gotten a lot of national press until recently because he's still not signed and the game is, like, four days away. Um, he practiced in full today which tells me that a deal is hopefully imminent because he didn't practice in full the entire offseason or training camp. So today was the first day ever this offseason that he practiced in full. So I'm assuming that's a positive sign for Steelers fans and for the Steelers in general that a deal is near being complete. Or, I mean, I don't know what other option there would be unless he's just going to play and not renegotiate a contract. Or maybe he's hoping one will get done and he just – feels if he's going to play Sunday, he needs to get reps with the starters on defense. Um, so kind of a weird situation going on there in Pittsburgh. I, I think it's it's something that deserves a lot more attention. I think because he's been so chill and he's been holding in, that's like the term they're using, which cracks me up. He's not holding out this offseason. He's holding in because he still showed up to all the practices. He does indie work, and then he, when every team happens or like in preseason, the games, he just like – Chill on the sideline, do his own kind of stuff with his own trainer. Um, so he's holding in per se, which hey, I'm cool with. It. I'm cool with it because it doesn't bring a negative attention and energy to the practice and the team. And it's not like he's just been chilling on like a beach somewhere with his boys, waiting to get paid, and then he's just not gonna show up ever. So I appreciate, I respect him for taking that angle onto the contract negotiations. A lot different situation than the the Le'Veon Pelt, Antonio Brown era for the Steelers. That's for sure. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Like I said, his deal is still not done, but he practiced today. And Mike Tomlin has come out multiple times this week saying he believes that TJ Watt will be playing this Sunday. So I'm going to take Mike for his word. I feel like if anyone would know about the situation the most, it would be Mike Tomlin. So I'm going to take his word for it and trust that TJ Watt will be suiting up. But you got to imagine, whatever TJ Watt gets, it's going to be, I think, the highest in the league. I'd imagine he's going to reset the market and be the highest paid player in the league. And obviously. I understand from the Steeler side of things, that's a huge commitment and a huge investment. So you want to make sure everything's done right and have all the financial set up. So I don't know what the holdup could possibly be other than just the amount of money is just astronomical. But then you think, well, this might be Ben's last year, and without a quarterback, who knows? You know, I mean maybe they don't want to lock up a guy for that much money that long if we don't have a quarterback. And as we know, it's a quarterback driven league nowadays, and if you have don't have a quarterback making a run, what's the point of having such a huge defensive player locked up in a monster deal that you probably won't be able to trade away um, unless you, and you're you not going to get the value, if that makes sense. Um, and then you have Minka Fitzpatrick, his deal's coming up. You just have a lot of guys that need to get paid a lot of money. And I think it's tough, one, just to negotiate and figure out how to keep as many guys as possible while also giving as much money as possible to all of them because they're deserving of it. Um, and then I, you have to imagine they're thinking about in the back of their mind, is it worth keeping all these young defensive stars if Big Ben retires and then, then the Steelers end up stinking because they don't have a quarterback replacement? Uh, but I think the Steelers are too talented of a team. They have too many young players. Still a good core nucleus of guys that I'd imagine they're going to they're going to try to make everything work, even if Big Ben retires. I'd imagine they'll make a trade or do something to bring in a veteran and to play right away and continue to make a run for a Super Bowl until you know these bigger stars uh, leave the Steelers or retire or whatever have you. So keep an eye out for that. And the Steelers have a huge matchup week one against the Bills, so you'd imagine, you'd hope that they get a thing done with T.J. Watt, get a contract done with T.J. Watt, because they really need him in that game. And last but not least, in the big guy news, quickly, Zach Martin, I'm sure all of you guys have seen, out week one because he tested positive for COVID, and that just sucks. I mean, I feel like everyone's been waiting for Zach Martin to get back to be fully healthy, and and everyone's so excited for the Cowboys line to finally be back, and everyone's healthy and playing again, and bam, COVID strikes, and it's unfortunate. Hopefully, everything's going well with him. I, I know. Big guys are like more susceptible to COVID, allegedly. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that anymore. If that was just what the rumors were back in the day when this first started, I just remember seeing like Lyman were high risk people. So hopefully everything's fine with him, um, and hopefully he gets back for week two. Because as I'm sure a lot of you guys listening, I'm pumped to see Zach Martin play again, and just that offensive line for the Cowboys in general. They were so good at their peak when everyone was younger and healthy. So. I'd love to see them make a little bounce back year this year, and unfortunately, I I think this is going to happen more often than not this year. It, just the way that COVID's been going, it seems like a lot more guys this year have been testing positive for COVID than last year, and I don't know why. Um, but so I'm a little a little nervous, a little worried for just guys in general and fantasy and betting and teams. Like I feel like a lot of guys are just going to be missing games here and there because because of COVID outbreaks. And the crazy part is. Whether you're vaccinated or not, like I know everyone's putting the huge emphasis on like Atlanta Falcons are fully vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. But like people getting vaccinated are still getting COVID. The person I live with is vaccinated and they still got COVID. So it doesn't even really matter with like just all these different variants and everything. You can still get COVID. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I'll, I'll try to be positive about the situation. But I'm just literally nervous that somebody big time or some big game is going to be affected by COVID in one way or another. Hopefully not, but uh, I'm just going to put that out there now. Uh, it's definitely a possibility, whether you like it or not. Uh, but that's gonna wrap up our big guy news segment of the podcast. Next, we're just going to talk about some of the recapping of the college games, NFL news in general, and what can we expect from the Tampa Bay Dallas Cowboys game tonight. So before we move on, I just want to say this episode is brought to you. You guys know the deal. Liquid IV. Use my code. We are big guys at checkout or go on my Instagram story and click swipe up in the link. And it'll automatically be applied at checkout for you. 25% off and free shipping. They're the best. Check them out. So where do I even start this segment out? I, I feel like I want to start with the college football scene just because there were so many great games. And I just want to slowly just give my thoughts on the whole entire weekend one it was amazing it was exciting just to have football back again thursday through sunday there was just football games every day it was awesome to finally be able to just sit back and watch some games first game of the whole entire week ohio state minnesota turned out to be a good one it's, i just want to say to running back to minnesota i just i was heartbroken when i saw his achilles go and it was one of those situations where when you saw the replay you just knew right away what happened if you've familiar with football or you played or you just know of that injury you could just see it like snap right away and it was just like damn he's gone for the season just like that um, and he was one of the better running backs in the in NCAA this year it just sucks to see that happen especially he was running so hard too and it's like a second effort that he was going for so it's just such an unfortunate situ- situation so I just want to give a shout out to him I, I hope he has a good recovery and, and has a shot at making the league that's just a really unfortunate situation but hey injuries are part of the game and it's it's always going to be that way so it's always going to happen it's just it's unfortunate when you see players like that go down you know so shout out to him again awesome game he had a hell of a game Minnesota played well and Ohio State offensive line kicked ass I'm a big Ohio State O-line fan Um, a lot of them are big guy family members and hopefully will be NIL members as well soon here more to be said on that at another date uh, but just dominated up front. Uh, Ohio State looks looked tough. They looked like a good team. The only thing I will say is their quarterback a little shaky. I, uh, he wasn't. He didn't sell me. But I will say he's only 19 years old, so I got to give him the benefit of the doubt. And it's a away game in conference, rainy night, prime time game, a lot of pressure. So I'm going to give him that. Uh, they've they of talent. I mean, it's Ohio State every year. They're just so loaded. I mean, there literally was like running backs and receivers. I was just like, holy crap. He's like, he hasn't touched the ball in two quarters and he's a baller, you know? So they just have so much depth and talent. I'm not going to be surprised for them to continue their winning ways. And speaking of Ohio state, they have a big matchup against Oregon, which I'm going to get into later in the podcast, not right now, but they have another big game this week. So they're going right back into it. No time off for them, Uh, but awesome game on that front, Virginia tech, North Carolina, does Virginia, Virginia tech, they might have the best entrance in college football. I think it's up there. It's got to be top five. I think it's got to be in the discussion. Enter Sandman, Virginia Tech. I literally got to see it once in my life because you got to experience that, I feel like. The whole place was shaking. I posted on my Instagram story. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but literally on the like the Richter scale of the earthquakes in Blacksburg, they had they could see when Enter Sandman happened because literally the entire state was shaking. That's how loud and crazy that place gets. I cannot even imagine running out of that tunnel during that. And as for the game itself, it kind of went how I expected it to go. It, UNC seemed like one of those teams that because they had a quote-unquote Heisman front runner, that they were obviously like overranked in the preseason rankings, and I feel like this happens all the time. So that's why I was on Virginia Tech at home just off of that alone. I mean, North Carolina, they lost at least two to three, maybe four NFL guys on offense. It, it's tough to replace those guys. Um, and I think we saw that in Clemson as well with their offense. When you lose that many high-quality NFL guys, I don't care how much you reload, it still is going to affect your offense to some extent early in the season. I think we saw that with North Carolina. Um, but I also just want to preface this by saying, Sam Howell, I think he looked awesome. He has a crazy strong arm. Some of the throws that you're making, he made look really easy, that were not easy throws. And he really reminded me a lot of Baker Mayfield, which I said that without even knowing that other people have said that. I Again, like – I'm not huge into college football in terms of, like, diving deep into, like, analysis and reading articles and, and that whole whole situation that goes on. Um, but I I personally was like, he reminds me of Baker because he's the same kind of really quick release throwing motion. He's athletic enough to get away from trouble and, and scramble. And that was – North Carolina, a lot of their most successful offensive drives are when he took the ball down and ran for the first down and, and kept the drive alive. But I just felt like they just struggled. Both teams, I felt like it was two really – average to a little bit above average teams just throwing haymakers at each other. And that's what made it such an exciting game. Um, But do I think either of them are going to challenge Clemson for the ACC title. Probably not. And then moving on to the Wisconsin Penn state game. I mean, not much to say here. If you didn't watch it, you didn't miss much. It literally was classic big 10 football, two teams just absolutely running halfback dive as many times (laughs) as if you ran at 20, we're going to run at 21. That's literally what was going happen. I was going back and forth in that game. Um, So not the most exciting game, a lot of turnovers, really sloppy offense, a lot of missed kicks, a blocked kick, multiple interceptions, just just a slugfest week one for the Big Ten. Penn State got it done, and I picked them, so that's all that matters at the end of the day. Georgia Clemson. Now, this was an interesting game to me because Clemson's offense just, looked, just lost the entire game. Their offensive line got killed up front by Georgia's front seven, and the craziest part to me is that there was not an offensive touchdown scored in this game. And I feel like a lot of people were overreacting and really ripping on Clemson's offense for not being productive. But, like, what, what about Georgia's offense? They didn't score either. And without that pick six, who knows what's happening in that game. So that was, like, a really interesting game to me because I feel like a lot of people were ripping on Clemson because everyone hates Clemson and Dabo just because they've been so successful recently. Classic, like, they've been successful so we're going to hate them bias going on. But – I I didn't think Georgia looked that much better, at least offensively, in my opinion. And Clemson's defense—they helped. They shut them out Georgia's offense, so I think it was a defensive battle in that game. If anything went on there, so if you're a Clemson fan or supporter, I just I wouldn't be worried at all yet. I think they're going to rebound just fine. And knowing their coaching staff, how good they are, they're going to get things figured out offense. Similarly to UNC, you can't lose guys like Lawrence, Etienne, Colin Powell um carmen up front on the offensive line they lost at least four or five nfl guys starters from their offense and they've been staples in that offense you know since they got on on campus their freshman year so again i don't care how good you are how many five-star guys you have it takes a little bit of practice and games to you run like a well-oiled machine you know and lastly maybe the most exciting game i've seen in years was notre dame and florida state which i thought was not even going to be that great of a game but man what an exciting game you had 90-plus yard touchdown runs from Florida State, long touchdown passes from Florida State, overtime, crazy interceptions by that strong safety. I mean, it just was um, all around, just everything you had in a game you could want. And that's not even including the McKenzie Milton situation. If you're not familiar, he was a star quarterback at UCF, uh, just a gruesome knee injury. The, the doctor, as if you guys watched, said, like, I don't even think he'll be able to play again, let alone, like, walk without pain again. Like, that's the situation this kid was in. Long story short, he comes back, leads the Seminoles down the field to tie the game, to push overtime. It was just literally – it was a crazy. It was like a Hollywood script game. It was just unbelievably exciting and fun to watch. I will say it was a somewhat disappointing ending given that the Florida State kicker – they, like, iced their own kicker. He literally iced his own kicker, uh, getting the ball spot moved up, and then he misses it. And whenever that happens in college football, over time, you just know the other team, they're just either going to take a knee or literally run right up the middle three times and kick a field goal to win. And that's what happened. So kind of anticlimactic ending there in that game. But, again, I picked Notre Dame. So that's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, but it was a crazy game because I thought the Florida State starting QB had a really good game. And it looks like a really good, a hell of a player. And it's funny that, like, all that happened was his helmet came off. And he had to leave. He had to leave technically for one play. That's it. And then all of a sudden, like, Milton, just, he just rode the hot hand and Milton for the rest of the game, which I thought – I would have rode Milton to overtime. I agreed with that. But starting overtime, I think I would have put the other starter back in the game. I know it was like a Hollywood script story, and everyone like talked about really All he talked about for 10 hours was Mackenzie Milton during the broadcast. But you're trying to win a football game, and I felt like that first starting quarterback deserved the shot to start the overtime and run the offense because he was having a great game up until that point of his helmet getting ripped off. But I guess we'll never know. I'm sure they'll be using those two moving forward. And Florida State – Surprisingly, it looked great. I, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe their program's back. I don't want to speak too soon, but maybe their program's back. Before we move on to the NFL news, uh, lastly, just Alabama. I mean, I mean, what else? What can I say about them? I, Alabama, Bama's going to Bama. That's all I got to say about Alabama. Um, I honestly, like, all jokes aside, I legitimately do not think there's a college football team right now. I'd put money on it. If there's not a college football team right now if they played Bama that's within two touchdowns of Alabama. I'm saying, like, Top two like Georgia, uh, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, whoever. I'm saying right now there's not a team that's even two touchdowns. Ohio State, whoever you can put whoever. Alabama's just that good, and and I just it's crazy to see. It's crazy to see over and over that they're just that good year in year out until Nick Saban is not at the helm. I just don't see Alabama slowing down anytime soon. Um, But moving into the NFL news, a lot of action has been happening down in Baltimore. First and foremost, Mark Andrews signs a monster extension for the Ravens. I believe it makes him the third highest paid tight end in the league behind Kelsey and Kittle. And, shit, he's well-deserving. I don't know if you ever watched tape of, of Andrews, but he's an animal. He's one of those dudes that's just, like, so big but somehow moving so fast that it it's just hard to comprehend what's going on, what you're watching. Um, so he is just more than deserving and one of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. So I'm not surprised that they inked him down for an extension. And, and like I said, just definitely a deserving player in, in position um, that is a commodity in NFL. I mean, it's hard to come by really talented tight ends. So when you have one – you got to lock him up. In other news, I'm sure we've all seen the Baltimore Ravens' backfield is just dropping like flies. I don't know what's going down there. Um, in Baltimore, as we know, J.K. Dobbins out for the year with his knee. And then Justice Hill also out for the year. And not unsurprisingly, they signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad and I'm, look for him to be brought up to the 53-man roster eventually. I, I'm not surprised by this signing just because – he reminds me of like a J.K. Dobbins type. You're gonna be able to put him in pass pro. You're gonna be able to split him out wide and get him involved in the passing game. It's kind of a nice one-two punch with the Gus Bus Edwards and Bell. So we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to expect from Bell because he was so good in Pittsburgh and then the Jets and the Chiefs. He just has been like, eh, just not great. You know, it's kind of sad to see, but he's still, he's still young. Like these guys aren't old. I mean, geez, Todd Gurley's still out in free agency and he's like not even 30 yet. So. I, don't, I just don't know what's going on with, like, the lifespan of NFL running backs anymore. Um, so we'll see how effective and how good he is in Baltimore for the Ravens. Um, but, again, just being a Steelers fan, it's it's going to be weird to see Le'Veon Bell in a Baltimore Ravens uniform. That's for sure. And, honestly, other than a few trades here and there, there really hasn't been much significant news in the NFL to really talk about. Um, you got Latavius Murray was released by the Saints, which I guess was kind of surprising. I, I assumed that he'd get – picked up by someone Tyrod Taylor is officially the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans I always like Tyrod I think he's like an interesting character and an underrated player and I feel like anytime he's gotten a shot he automatically gets replaced once whoever he was replacing got healthy or whatever so I mean even though the Texans I'm not expecting much from them he doesn't have too much help around him down there it's kind of cool that he's finally getting a shot to hopefully man NFL team for an entire season Um, Seahawks and Dwayne Brown restructured a deal. I mean, there just wasn't much going on in the NFL. So with that, I'm going to move into the final segment of the podcast, which is the gambling segment, the games of the week, games I like, some of my picks. So let's get into it. (laughs) So kicking off things with college football, and college football week two is never really the, the funnest or most exciting week because a lot of the schools have the big matchups to open up, kick off the season week one, and then aside from a few here and there, most of the week two matchups are like cupcakes. So majority of the top 25, I don't think are even playing a ranked team. Um, so the two games that stick out to me the most are Ohio State-Oregon, obviously, And then Iowa State versus Iowa, I think, is the matchup of the entire weekend for college football. Uh, But first, Ohio State and Oregon, I don't know if you guys checked out Oregon last week, but they barely, they skated by Fresno State. Like, they literally scored a touchdown with a few minutes left in the fourth just to beat Fresno State, the Fresno State Bulldogs. Now, no disrespect to Fresno State, but, I mean, Oregon, you got to do a little bit better than that against, you know, an unranked out-of-conference Week 1 opponent. Um, So at the line right now is like plus 14 and a half or plus 14 for Oregon, which is like I think Oregon's getting more points than Minnesota did against um, Ohio State. So with that being said, I'm still going with Ohio State. I think Ohio State is going to kill them. I don't think it's even going to be close. I don't even know if Oregon's best defender is playing Thibodeau, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, They just call him KT, but he's an animal. He got hurt. He left the game in a walking boot against Fresno State. So if he's not even playing – I mean, good luck for you Oregon fans, but hey, you never know. And and it's at the horseshoe, so I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to go with Ohio State in that matchup. Now, there's two smaller, I guess not as premier games, but good rivalries, Utah versus BYU. Utah's ranked 21st, BYU is not ranked, but BYU always has a tough squad, so I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to pick BYU in this game. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here and pick the Cougars. And I'm going to pick BYU against Utah in that matchup. And then it's USC versus Stanford. In this game, USC is ranked 14, and Stanford is not ranked at all. I'm not going to pick an upset in this game. I'm going to go with USC. I'm going to roll with USC in this game. And the premier matchup of the week, Iowa-Iowa State. Now, they're both highly ranked teams. It's going to be an awesome matchup. I'm really excited to watch this game. I'm going to pick Iowa in this game, and they made a statement last week. They came out and just dominated Indiana, blew out Indiana, who I think is a pretty good squad. I, even though they got blown out, I still like. I love their head coach. Penix is a great quarterback. They have a solid team. They just blew them out of the water. So they made a statement week one for an interconference Big Ten game. And then on the other side, of the thing Iowa State they kind of struggled against the University of Northern Iowa. Granted, you and I has some really good players, but still, I mean. Definitely not the start they wanted at home against UNI, um, and out of conference opponent that is supposedly supposed to be like a cupcake for them, you know. So with all of that I'm going to go with Iowa in this game, um, and it's a nine versus ten matchup, interstate. I mean, it, what better does it get? I believe the college game day is going to be there, so I'm looking forward to that game. Can't wait. And that's going to wrap things up on the college football side of things for my picks and games of the week. And last but not least, the NFL season is finally back, and we're opening up tonight with the Cowboys at the Buccaneers, and I'm going with Tampa Bay in this matchup. I know there's a lot of hype around the Cowboys and Dak Prescott being back and the majority of their offensive line being back and Zeke healthy and C.D. Lamb is just going off this offseason and camp. So there's a lot of hype around the Cowboys, but I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid just yet. I'm going with Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions who brought their entire roster back. I mean, think about that. They brought every single one of their stars back from the Super Bowl champion team. Now, Jordan Whitehead, I believe Jordan Whitehead is the only guy out um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so they're missing one starter as well, just like the Cowboys are missing at least Zach Martin. I don't know if they have any other guys out for the game, but I'm sticking with Tampa Bay in this game. I'm, I'm looking forward to finally watching some NFL football and being back. And week one, there's not a huge slate of games that I really like love in terms of like matchups, but there's a, there's a few big ones here and there and starting out with the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Buffalo Bills i mean what a matchup right off the bat for both of those teams as much as it pains me to say i'm going to have to say i'm going with the bills in this game now i is this like it's my my secret of my my gambling secret here being a steelers fan if i bet with the bills and they win it's great cuz i win money and everything's fine but if i bet the steelers and they lose it's like a double whammy so you got to hedge your own bets so if you're ever unsure about what to go what to go with with your team Take the take the hedge. Take always take the hedge. Worst case, the Steelers can win, and then you're happy either way. It just doesn't even matter, unless you're betting like two thousand dollars, and you're even another problem. You got bigger problems to worry about. Um, but all jokes aside, in this game, I like the Bills. In this game, it's a home game. The Bills Mafia is insane. The team is just. They have a great team. They have a great team. As last year, I expect them to make another deep run in the playoffs. Steelers. They have some question marks in the offensive line coming into the game, and on the defensive line as well. Stefan Tuit is out for this game, and Tyson Alualu did not practice today, so I'm sure he's going to be questionable for the game. Also, the Steelers only have four cornerbacks. They just brought in Witherspoon, um, and I, I don't even. I'm sure he's going to get play. I'm not sure he's going to get reps and play, but man, it's thin on the secondary as well for the Steelers. and So we'll see. We'll see what happens on that th- side of things. But the only, the only glimmer of hope, I think, for the Steelers is that the Bills have just been a dumpster fire when it comes to this vaccine situation. So who knows? Someone might end up getting COVID and miss the game or they might just be on different pages and you don't know what's happening inside that locker room. So to be determined on the Buffalo Bills. The other game that I really like that I think worthwhile and worth mentioning Seahawks versus the Colts. I like this matchup. I think it's kind of a cool game um, to watch. In this game, I'm going to be going with the Seattle Seahawks. Though I'm not sure about the Carson Wentz situation. It seems like he's going to be playing though. He's been practicing or getting back into the swing of things. Um, he's been all over. The, he's been all over. The, I think feel like he's been like COVID list. He's been an injury list. He's just been classic Carson Wentz. He's just a mess. I feel like. Um, but so I'm going with that. I'm going with the Seahawks. In this game, I've always been a big Russell Wilson fan. I'm just predicting that he's going to come out on fire with DK Metcalf again. Chris Carson, healthy first game of the year. He's an asset when he's healthy in that offense. Tyler Lockett, I just love their offense. I feel like they're high powered and they're going to put up points week one. It's tough to come out of the gate and stop offenses like that. So I'm going to be rolling with the C- Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. And last but not least, I mean, obviously I'm going to be watching all these games, especially with fantasy going on and everything. But in terms of premier matchups that I'm really looking forward to, I think the last one that I'm going to mention is the Browns and Chiefs. A little rematch of the playoffs last year. I'm going to say if, if that one fumble in the end zone didn't go the Chiefs way, and you never know. Browns are a good team. I think it pains me to say that, but they're a really good team. I love their roster. Offense line is amazing. Their defense is stout. They got playmakers all over the field on both sides of the ball. I really like the Browns this year. So I'm not gonna pick them in this upset necessarily just yet. Um, I'm gonna go with the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs in this matchup just because they are who they are. I'm expecting them to continue to be great. I'm expecting Pat Mahomes to continue to be great. Kelsey's just a problem. Hill's a problem. Their offensive line is rebuilt and looks like they're going to be a problem. Um, So I really like the Kansas city chiefs in this game as well. I just think they're, they're going to be tough to stop until they like, aren't good anymore. I feel like you just have to pick them. It just is what it is. But with that being said, I don't think I'm not saying the Browns can't win this game. It's a very winnable game. Just like that playoff game. If they play their game, get Nick Chubb going, get their defense going, possess the ball. If they win the ball possession and turnover battles, shit, anybody can win. I don't care how good you are. So, I'm not counting out the Browns at all, but I do like the Chiefs head-to-head. Just head-to-head battle. I don't know what the spread is, but head-to-head, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I love the Browns this year, and that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much for supporting the We Are Big Guys brand and family. If you don't already follow me, We Are Big Guys Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Follow the podcast Twitter at the Big Uglies Pod. If you haven't yet, also leave a review. Um, thumbs up, five star rating, whatever the platform you use, however they rate, please do that. It helps a lot. Also, check out the merch store www.shopwearebigguys.com for all your big guy apparel needs. Liquid IV, check it out. My partners under my Instagram. I hope all you guys have a great rest of the week, and I hope all of your teams that you're rooting for win and do well. Thanks for tuning in again, and see you next week. <laughs>